This is Radio Energy News. Good afternoon again. I'm Dana Hall and you're listening to Radio Energy broadcasting live from Edinburgh Napier University. To jump into today's stories, Edinburgh icon Tom Gillian has laid to rest today after an open funeral at St. Mary's Cathedral. We'll be speaking to friends and family about the war veterans fundraising and the legacy he left behind. In other news, three independent Edinburgh City Councillors have formed a new political group in order to gain seats on City Council committees. They were exempt from the committees due to their independent status and are now set to take over eight seats belonging to the Green Party. Tonight's head-to-head debate between Boris Johnson and and Jeremy Corbyn is set to kick off at 8pm. It is the first in a series of political debates set to take place across the UK. We've got your election roundup and an exclusive interview with political correspondent Ian Swanson about what to expect tonight. Lastly, what's it like being a man? International Men's Day is taking on a happy perspective this year as male suicide rates drop to the lowest they've been in 30 years. We'll begin with our first story, Tom Gillian. A funeral was held today in, me- in memory of the renowned veteran and charity worker at St. Mary's, Mary's Catholic Cathedral on York Place. He was well known around central Edinburgh for being on Princes Street and the Royal Mile for 20 years, collecting money, come rain or shine, for a range of charities, including children's hospitals in the capital. During his life, the 99-year-old received both an MBE and an Edinburgh Award for his charity work. Following the funeral, a police-escorted procession traveled through through the city to Mount Vernon Cemetery, where Tom was laid to rest. Our reporter, Sophie Aristoteles, attended the ceremony. We gather here today to honour an extraordinary man, and it is lovely to see so many of you here. Hundreds gathered to celebrate the life of veteran and charity worker Tom Gilzean. The service in his memory was not only attended by his family and friends, but by military officials and representatives from local shops and restaurants, including Gordon's Trattoria, where Tom ate lunch on the house every day, and Clydesdale Bank, where Tom took all of the money he collected for charity. The Archbishop of Edinburgh and St Andrews introduced the service. We gather to give thanks for the many years and the great energy that Tom gave to his work here in the city of Edinburgh. And he was an ornament of the city, wasn't he? In the way that he made himself very visible in his great work and very energetic in his work on behalf of people needing help. Tom's son, Douglas Gilzean, who gave the eulogy, spoke about the importance of charity work to his father. Dad was so passionate about making as much money as he could for charity. He would go out with all the At the end of the eulogy, Douglas tearfully thanked the city on behalf of his family for the overwhelming and kind response they've had since Tom's. I personally cannot comprehend the number of people wishing to do something for my father. What will be a part of this day? It's unbelievable. Tom's son, Douglas Gilzean, who gave the eulogy, spoke about the importance of charity work to his father. A fellow veteran and charity worker, Thomas, said... I think I can describe Thomas probably being the true gentleman. He was indeed a war veteran, had spent so many years uh, in the Royal Sappers. But in the last 20 years, his collection for the Royal Children's Hospitals and his other charities have surmounted fundraising that no one else could imagine. And I think he just excluded the love that everybody shows to his fellow man and to all the collections that he collected for. Murray Fotheringham, physio assistant at the Royal Infirmary, said... 
Tom, I looked after him um, when he was in the hospital for his first time round, um, and he was just an inspiration to to everyone. Do you know what I mean? The things that the man did for sort of his charities and just even his sort of general outlook on life was just marvellous. Yeah. Edinburgh Garrison Commander Hugo Clark said. Tom, I met Tom two years ago at a Christmas lunch in the recovery centre. Um, of nothing else, I got to know his war record, which was, um, you know, he was a bomb disposal expert during the war. Um, he spent a lot of his time in northwest Europe defusing, amongst other things, booby traps uh, that have been left behind, which is, is really pretty, quite, you know, hugely dangerous work. A new political group called EPIC in Edinburgh Council intends to take eight seats from the Greens on different committees from Green councillors. Two local councillors, Gavin Berry and Dr. Scott Arthur, share their thoughts about this new party in Edinburgh and if there should be any by-elections because of it. EPIC is now set to be given one seat on eight of the authorities' committees, with the Greens losing a seat on each. The report drawn up by council officers also recommends that either one SNP or Conservative councillor give up their place but the EPIC group will propose taking their seat as an additional member of the committee. The SNP Labour administration does not hold a majority on committees and often relies on green support in order for their proposals to be approved. The councillor of Inverleaf, Gavin Barry, who is independent, shares his thoughts about EPIC taking green seats and if there should be by-elections. There is a formula that actually, if you you have 17 members, you get three seats. excellent members until all the, 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 the seats are filled up. So when there were no EPIC members, they weren't in that formula, but now they are in the formula, they, they, that's a division. And the way it's working out is the Conservatives and SNP remain on three each, Labour on two, Lib Dems on one, and it suggests that the Greens should be on one and ethics should be on one, and that makes up the full numbers of that committee. The Greens have accepted members that have left other parties and joined the Greens. They didn't tell them they wouldn't accept them without a by-election. So this appears to me to be complete double standards. That's not the way our democracy works in the UK. Dr Scott Arthur, local councillor for Collington Head, explains why there should be by-elections, his thoughts about EPIC taking green seats, and if he thinks it's absurd. Each of the council committees has... Uh, defined number of places on it divided by political party. Epic amount of the size where they can, when some committees get a place, but they can only get that place if another party gives up a place. But, if, you know, for big issues, that goes to full council, where there's all 63 councillors together. So for those big issues, there is, there is broader scrutiny. I, I think what's interesting is there's, there's four independent councillors in Edinburgh. The three who have formed Epic. I think they all broadly still stick to the manifesto they were elected on. The fourth councillor who's independent, who isn't part of EPIC, I think she's a slightly different case in that she's moved away quite radically from the manifesto that she was uh, elected on. So I think in her case there is a stronger argument for there being uh, a by-election. Moving on to our next story, the Green Party of England and Wales launched their new manifesto manifesto this morning, highlighting their pledge to reach net zero carbon emissions in the UK by 2030. The party says it would invest £100 billion a year by 2030 as part of a Green New Deal to what they describe as a climate emergency. Co-leader Jonathan Bartley spoke in London this morning. Now our very planet is ringing the alarm. And hitting snooze for another 15 years simply isn't an option. And so the Green New Deal is an idea 
whose time has come. Today, we are so proud to put forward a manifesto which puts us on track to decarbonise every single sector of the economy by 2030, while delivering social justice across Britain. Prime Minister Boris Johnson and Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn will take part in the first televised debate of the election campaign. The debate will be shown on ITV at 8pm after, after the Liberal Democrats and Scottish National Party failed to convince the High Court in London that their party leaders, Joe Swinson and Nicola Sturgeon, should be included. Increasing the basic rate of income tax will allow the Liberal Democrats to spend more on the NHS if they get into power, the party says. The party said that the tax hike will allow it to invest an extra $26 billion a year above inflation by 2023 and 2024 compared to what has been invested last year. Meanwhile, the Tories have announced that under their plans, those who murder children will face life in prison without parole. Shadow councillor Mike McDonnell has said workers and consumers would take back control under a new business model if Labour wins the election. Company boards will now include workers and elected members, which will give them greater influence over pay structure. So Labour's reforms to how our large businesses and public utilities are governed and owned and regulated, and how both workers and consumers are represented, we believe will genuinely enable them to take back control. Prime Minister Boris Johnson and Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn will take part in the first televised debate of the election campaign. The debate will be shown on ITV at 8pm after the Liberal Democrats and Scottish National Party failed to convince the High Court in London that their party leaders should be included. What can we expect from Johnson and Corbyn tonight? Okay. Uh, well, I think it'll be an interesting debate because it's the first time that these two have faced each other on television like this. They've obviously clashed in the House of Commons, but it's, uh, it's, that's quite a different setting from a, a TV studio where they're going to be uh, in front of an audience with a moderator and the whole nation watching to see which way they want to vote. How do you feel about the exclusion of the SNP and the Lib Dems in tonight's debate? Well, I think it's quite interesting because when it comes to uh, deciding who's going to be the Prime Minister, this is the argument that... Uh, Labour and the Tories both make, um, it's only going to be either Jeremy Corbyn or uh, Boris Johnson. Um, but on the other hand, obviously, the other parties have got uh, a claim to, to, to be included because they are standing candidates all over the country, or in the case of the SNP in Scotland at least. Um, and so they, they deserve to be, be heard as well. I mean, I, I think maybe there's room for uh, all sorts of different kind of formats. The last uh, election in 2017, um, Theresa May refused to go head to head with anybody. Up next, we're talking to some of the other. We're look, taking a look at some of the other major news stories of the day. Pupils at George Watson, pupils at George Watson College are to leave one of Edinburgh's most prestigious schools after found to be involved in an ecstasy dealing scandal. The head of the senior school said they had become aware that a number of S4 boys had been involved. As a result, the boys have been asked to leave. Steve Clark, manager of the Scottish national football team, has high hopes for the end of Scotland's Euro 2020 campaign tonight. 
Despite not being able to qualify for Group I, Clark says it's important to maintain a positive attitude. The mood in the, this camp has been particularly good. I think it's very positive from, from the first day we got together until now. And the only way to cement that is another good performance and hopefully another, another victory. Everybody talks about losing games can become a habit. It's the same with winning games. Captivity-bred wildcats are to be released into the wild in Cairngorms. It has just been announced that funding has been secured for a six-year project to breed and release up to 60 of these critically endangered animals beginning in 2022. The project is being led by Royal Zoological Society of Scotland, which runs the wildlife park. The The Scottish wildcat is the only native member of the cat family still found in the wild in Britain. In other news, detailed plans have been drawn up by developers to build 700 new houses near South Queensferry. The 90-acre site of farmland has already been purchased by by developers CALA Management. Keith Giblet, chairman of Queensferry's council, has said that his community council looks forward to discussing and revising the proposed master plan so that construction can begin in 2021. Kelly MacDonald has been signed for BBC Police has been signed for BBC police drama Line of Duty. The actress, who rose to fame at the Edinburgh as the Edinburgh school schoolgirl opposite Ewan McGregor in the 1996 movie Train Spotting, will play Detective Chief Inspector Joanne Davidson in the sixth series of the show. For our final story today, we will look into International Men's Day, which is celebrated today. This year, the celebration puts emphasis on making a difference for men. Our reporters decided to interview men from different generations and understand the differences and similarities between being a man then and now. Today is the worldwide celebration of International Men's Day. Nowadays, the role of men in society, as well as the implications of the changing dynamic between men and women, is a largely discussed social topic. International Men's Day is similar in its intent to International Women's Day. Both celebrate the gender's positive role models and, more importantly, raise awareness about gender-specific issues in terms of social acceptance and mental health. One of the largest focuses of previous days was the prevalence of male suicide. However, this year male suicides in the UK have dropped to their lowest rates in the last 30 years. Appropriately, the topic of this year's celebration is making a difference for men and boys. The question remains, what does it mean to be a man? We decided to speak to two men from different generations in order to understand how the essence of manhood has evolved and how has it remained the same over the past 40 years. Perhaps one way to understand the nature of manhood is to take a look at the men's relationships with the people around them. We speak to Campbell Peterson, 25, who is one of our reporters, and Chris Thomas, a 55-year-old Edinburgh local who is a father of two girls. Changing times, I think there has been progress, though, and more equality in gender, anyway. There's still a long way to go. Both interviewees put an emphasis on respect and equality as crucial characteristics of being a man in the current world. The way I was brought up is definitely all about sort of looking after your family, being respectful, and certainly in, in Edinburgh it was looking after older people. Both men connect manhood and fatherhood to the importance of being respectful and responsible. But I think we have, if we reach full maturity, we, we accept the roles and the responsibilities uh, as, as a father.
uh, or a partner or a husband or whatever and uh, to, to share roles and responsibilities. If my children are male, I'll bring them up similar way that I was brought up with similar sort of values about treating women right because I feel a lot of that's lost in society and my generation today. On a final note, it seems that the most significant difference between the generation's understanding of manhood is the increasing role of men in their family environment. I think now there's more of an equal balance in nuclear families that allows people to be, be equal and kind of respectful of the people around them. There has to be a more joint uh, operation as a, as a family, as a couple, as, as parents. And men have got to do their share as well. It's got to be a, a more balanced um, gender role out And now for weather and traffic. It is currently cloudy and one degree outside with temperatures warming throughout the night to three degrees. We're looking at a high of five tomorrow and can expect clouds to continue through to Friday as, as temperatures steadily rise to highs of seven. The sun's going to come out for a few short hours on Friday afternoon before the clouds set in again and we move into a grey weekend. In today's travel, Queen's Ferry Road is fully open again after a vehicle fire earlier today. Leith Walk and London Road are slow moving at the moment with Regent Road fairly clear. Traffic is currently slow moving down Southbridge as well. That's it for today. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week at 4.30pm. This is Radio Energy, Edinburgh. Napier Radio Group. Talk, tunes, tales and talent. From Edinburgh to you.